You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Play in our, in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's open. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker here, he comes all the way around. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim, live in Green Bay, ready to get this offseason kicked off. I know right now, last I checked, Kansas City was beating Buffalo. That score may have changed. Obviously, the Detroit Lions, they uh, they won today, so they're advancing to play the 49ers, and I hope they absolutely boat race the Niners. That's just me personally. I want to hear from the chat. Who are you guys rooting for in that game? Would you rather see the Lions win or the Niners? I'm going to put you on the spot right now, Tim. I understand if you want the NFC North rival to fall flat on their face, but at the same time, uh, some of those Niners fans were cocky. There were some good ones, but some of them were cocky. Yeah, I just – I kind of feel like <laughs> – yeah, like I'm not. I'm. I'm actually looking on the other side. I'm. I'm hoping for a Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo Baltimore AFC title game and one of those teams taking the taking the Super Bowl this year. Honestly, I'm. I. I, I the, both of the teams left in the NFC give me great disgust and stomach <laughs> pains and uh, heart palpitations. So no, I'm not. I'm not interested in the outcome of either of those. <laughs> those two teams that's just my take on it i'm and first of all i'm not rooting for anyone you know we're our dog is not in the fight i'm just gonna watch football and uh enjoy this last little bit of the game that we all love while we still have it um because it is it's our it's the off season for us and for nearly every other team left in the league so um yeah i'm not i'm not rooting for anyone but um i guess if i had to pick i would i'd probably pick a team from the afc side this year for sure Oh yeah, for me it's Buffalo. I want I want to see Buffalo win the whole thing, mainly because of Rasul. To be honest with you, yeah, you know? sure. Uh, and Micah Hyde, 
Yeah, my God, too. All the former Packers. Um, <laughs> looks like uh, Buffalo actually just took the lead there during the middle eight. Uh, Doug in the chat says that background, that's actually, you probably, I'm sure you know, Doug. For those of you who don't know, you're going, why are you showing 70s furniture in here? This is uh, the big. Very good sound drop, Tim. This is Vince Lombardi's replica office, right? And you can see the big, huge Lombardi award off in the distance in between the in the glass on the other side of the glass there. Well, how tall is that thing? Like 30, 40 feet tall? It's something gotta like that. be something yeah. like that. Yeah. So this they basically took his desk and kind of they set this area up like Lombardi's old office, which was actually downtown. A lot of people don't know that, but the front offices were downtown Green Bay for a while. And uh they just kind of put some really cool pieces in there to, to teach you about the history. You see it on the wall and stuff. So I thought, you know what, we're in off season. Let's uh let's cue up a little Lombardi's desk here. I thought that'd be neat. Um Doug also said, Clayton, did you see the Eagles fired? I don't know who that is, Doug. Do you know who he's talking about, Tim? I think that's their DC. Is it? Okay. Gotcha. And the answer is no. Yeah. I'll see that now. Shout out to Amar on Twitter. <laughs> he, he he echoed that sentiment. Get ahead of that narrative right now. Don't even want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, they fired their D.C. earlier in the year, right? So this must have been the the one they had come in and just kind of fill in, I'm assuming, would be my my guess. But um, I believe so, yeah. And then he lost play calling duties, I think, too. Gotcha. So. You're going to see the carousel crank up. There's no doubt about it. Let's go around the chat here real quick. United Bates says Lions. David Mitchell says Lions. John Schmidt says Lions over the Niners, 100%. Jen Wright, Lions, Dave, Lions, Doug, Lions, CL, Lions all day long. Chris N, Lions, why not? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> CL says Niners are overrated, headed for a heading for a Ravens beatdown in the Super Bowl. And the Ravens are a different animal, that's for sure. Um, Jen Wright says Niners have no chance versus the AFC. I would agree with that. Um, Jeremy in the chat says no rain on Sunday, Niners by 10. All right, gotcha. Love it. All right. So just to kind of give everybody an idea of what's going on, right? Um, there you go. Everybody's rooting for the lines. Now, there was a cool video that came out, though. Um, I'm trying to remember 88. I can't remember his tweet. He's probably in here under another name. You guys have got more aliases than damn Billy the Kid. But I'm trying <laughs> to figure out who's who on Twitter and YouTube. You need to sync your names up, people. Help me out here. I'm getting old. But uh, someone tagged me or actually sent me a DM. I'm going to try to pull it up real quick so I, I can get it right. Uh, the Kid 88 okay, um, sent me this on Twitter, and it was really cool. It was actually a Packer fan kind of, you know, kind of taking in the loss, taking it hard, and I'm guessing it was a 49er fan. Maybe it was a former player. Maybe it was – I don't know who it was, but it was, he's definitely in Niners gear. I want you guys to hear what he has to say about QB1 Jordan Love. Here we go. It's the end of our season. Um. In the beginning of something beautiful, Austin, pick your head up, man. What's wrong with you? This kid that you got under center, those mistakes that he made, he can't learn those on the sideline. He's got to be out there to learn that. Throwing across your body, managing the game clock. I can't manage that on the sideline. He sat behind Aaron Rodgers for four years. You see what you got. And if Green Bay Packers fans don't see it, you guys are delusional. That's a future All-Pro right there. I'm not on the fence about that. I'm firm in that. I think that's a future All-Pro. And I can't say that about my quarterback. And I love my quarterback. I'm not sure he's a future All-Pro. That kid in Green Bay is, though. And you got the youngest team in the league? You have nothing to hang your head low about. It just ain't your turn yet, brother. That's all. It just ain't your turn yet. Oh, but it's coming. 
Oh, it's coming. It just ain't your turn yet. So that's all I got to say about that. I like It's my quarterback. That's respect right there, right? I Put love some that. respect on her name. It's, it's nice to be a respectful 49ers fan. That's that's really cool. You can tell he's not from from California, right? He sounds like an East Coast. Sounds like an East Coast dude, for sure. But. My experience with the 49ers fans, I got to be real with you guys, has been good. Like I've gotten a ton of DMs. God, that team's good, man. You guys are going to be good for so long. Congratulations, all that type of stuff. It was good feedback. Now on your tweets, you'll have random people. You know, uh, Hambubger sixty eight will chime in and you know cuss you out on Twitter. Of course, he doesn't give his real name, and uh, you know he just got. 12 followers and seven of them are porn bots, but that's none, you know, beside the point there. Um, but you got people like this that I, I feel like it was, it was cool, man. Those two franchises, they're intertwined. The Packers and the Niners are intertwined, right? There's been some great matchups over the years. Great matchups. Absolutely. You could top in Packers 49ers in the YouTube search bar and grab you a cold beer and, and you're go back there. decades and yes. decades. Yep. Absolutely. But yeah, I'm still, I, I think I am a, I don't know, man. I, I kind of go back and forth between the Lions and the Niners. I really don't. I guess I really don't care who wins. Um, I just want the uh, the Bills to win the whole thing. It's kind of how I'm seeing it. So um, cool video though. So shout out to uh, like I said, the kid eighty eight. Appreciate you sending that over, buddy. Um, saw this video too, man. The the slander, the player slander, Tim. And here's what we're gonna do, guys. Today, this this episode here is gonna kick off the off season, and we're gonna start to dive into. First, we've got to identify the holes on the roster, and it all starts with what players are going to be free agents, right? Okay, you look at the players who are going to be hitting free agency. Do you want to re-sign them or not? You've got to answer that question first. Then you've got to put a price on how much you want to pay for them, right? We absolutely nailed these last year. It was so much fun going through and just trying to look at the fair market value. All right, where's your ceiling on the price you would pay? What would you like to you know, get away with as far as saving money on that specific player, all that? But the, the one thing that did bother me today was the multiple fans who were just dogging the players. You know, it's Rashawn Gary's trash. Anders Carlson. Anders Carlson, I did, did not expect that to be the topic of the day, but I put a tweet out earlier today where I simply said, if you go back, and if somebody pointed it out last night, you remember, Tim, in the chat, they pointed it out. Uh, you go back, Mason Crosby's field goal percentage did not exceed 80% until his fifth year in the season. Andres Carlson finished the year at 81% field goal percentage. And immediately they started tagging Andy Herman. So evidently Andy Herman disagrees with me, which is totally cool. It's just funny how fans will try to tag each of, you know, well, so-and-so disagrees with you. And they sit there like, you're going to argue. Me and Andy are grown-ass men, so we're not going to argue on Twitter, right? So right. anyway, um, they pointed out that, Anders Carlson missed 11 kicks or whatever it was this year, and Mason had never missed that many kicks. You know why? You know why? You guys are including the extra points. The large majority of Mason's career, he was kicking extra points with the ball being snapped at the two-freaking-yard line. So trying to bend the narrative to fit, not that Andy is, but these other fans were like, that's the stat they kept throwing in your face. And it's like, he's a rookie. What did you expect from a rookie kicker? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Like he's a rookie. Oh, a rookie struggled. Shocking. I love this right here. Hold on. You guys new here? CL says kickers are much more accurate now, Clayton. Check the stats. I did. He's eleventh in the league in field goal percentage. Eleventh. Right. What about how many, are there? So how many, how many guys are kicking in the league? Oh my god. 
is so frustrating, man. And again, what's going to happen if if fan, I don't think it's going to happen, but if fans got their way, you would cut Carlson, move on to the next kicker, and then he would struggle, and you'd cut him and move on to the next kicker, and he would struggle. And Carlson would do just like other young kickers have done through the league. Michael Lombardi was pointed out on the GM shuffle. They give up on kickers. Two years later, they're a top three kicker in the league, and you're still chasing your damn tail trying to find a kicker. And it's like – it's the same thing with DC. It's the same thing with Rashawn Gary. Like Rashawn Gary, I'm going to show you a clip. I want you to watch this. This was that sack we got last night, right? This was Preston Smith and uh, Kenny Clark with the sack. Watch Rashawn Gary on the right side of the screen here. Let me drop this comment down. This is the overreaction I'm talking about. Gary's washed up. He Not none of these washed up. He got paid, and now he doesn't love football is what, what the narrative that's being drawn. Watch Rashawn Gary on the far side of the screen. Watch him choke slam 68. Yeah, let's just let him go. Did yeah. you see Brock Purdy looking to escape the pocket? And he gets to this point and realizes, oh, he just annihilated my right tackle. <laughs> yeah, you 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 went from running for your life from Rashawn Gary directly into Preston Smith and Kenny Clark. And it's exactly what I'm talking about, that you can't just look at the sack numbers. You can't. And, and watch how he plays the edge. He's not just rushing recklessly either. You could tell that he's prepared to protect the outside. Look at that leverage. Brock Purdy can't get outside. He's literally got his hand in the chest of the right tackle and his left arm ready to free up and grab Brock if he tries to scramble. Yep. It isn't him setting up a move and doing a rip, him setting up a swat and swim. It's Gary playing within the scheme. And, again, watch him choke slam this cat. <laughs> Just bang, let's go, sack. And, and it's because we're upset that we lost the game. All right, well – Gary, we need to get rid of Gary now. What the? What are we talking about? Like, well, that's the problem. You can't. You know, logic goes out the window when you're emotional. It's a fact. It just thirty third team has him. Thirty third team has him as our best defender. Thirty six total points this year in their yep. grading system. Well, that isn't everything. Let's go to PFF. PFF. He's our highest graded defender at a seventy nine point zero. So we're just going to get rid of the best player on our team. Because he didn't get the stat that you want, it just it blows my mind, man. It's it's mind boggling. So stay anyway. off the damn weed. <laughs> you just you. And here's the thing: Am I open to competition at every position? I've said it all year long. Absolutely, every people don't want to hear this. Even Jordan Love. If you're telling me you can get a slam dunk future Hall of Famer like a Pat Mahomes or a you know, uh, I guess Josh Allen would be one the way he's playing, right? Um, any of these players that are that are considered top three, better than Jordan this year, you're saying you would take him over Jordan? Absolutely, I would, because that's improving the team. Just like I would take a Nick Bosa over Rashawn Gary. But let me explain something. Nick Bosa isn't walking through that door, right? Like, you, you, you take what you've got and you build around it and make it better. And when they're replaced, then you let them walk or you trade them. You don't just tear it down because we're an emotional roller coaster. Draft and, and develop is the strategy across the board. It's not exclusive to quarterbacks in Green Bay. This is the strategy for this franchise. It's yeah. how we roll here. That shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. Yeah. And the the thing about Carlson, should you bring in competition? Yes, you should. Absolutely, Absolutely. you should. Just like we brung in Anders Carlson to compete with Mason Crosby or whoever else it was. I guess Mason wasn't technically in camp, I don't believe. But you, you're looking to replace him, right? Mason Crosby. We've at every position level, right? We have, yeah. We've had camp arms. We've had, we brought quarterbacks in here. 
um, throughout the years. Um, we brought different corners in. We brought different safeties in. That's that's part of the process when you're trying to, you know, build a team, not collect talent, right? Right. That's what we talk about. And you, you're putting these people in place to be leaders, right? You're putting them in place to be leaders on your team, and then you just cut their legs out from under them, and then you wonder why the locker room kind of goes haywire for a bit, right? It's exactly what happened with Rasul, you know? Yep. Um, been one of the best DBs in the league this year, right? And and it did. It caused a, caused a riff in the locker room. Let's see what United basically said. I think people confuse when anyone defends Carlson. We are not saying there, there may not be a better option in the future. It's just putting things into perspective. It's being realistic. It's it's sitting back and looking at the entire body of work, right, and go, okay. And there's pros and cons with everything. Everybody wants that great kicker, don't you? But boy, So you want them to spend $4 million on a kicker? You want right. to talk about that? You <laughs> cried when we paid Mason Crosby that and money. Same people. Same people were upset about that. Goody doesn't know what he's doing, or, or Ted doesn't know what he's doing. Why would you spend that much money on a kicker? Just get him out of here. It's a kicker. It doesn't matter. He's not that good anyway. If we and allowed we, fans to make decisions, we would be the Bears. Right. We would, that's exactly what our franchise would look like right now. It's a yep. fact. Right. Yeah. And, and what stirred all this up is what CL's saying here. I'm with LaFleur. He said in the production meeting with Tom Rinaldi that he prays every time Carlson goes out to kick. He's a rookie kicker. Right. <laughs> I wish Matt hadn't said that because all that did was gave people like CL and others the freedom to go now. Ha ha. See, see, he's horrible. He's bad. Told you. It's like rookies usually are. We've, we've been blessed and spoiled this year, guys, to have the amount of rookies that have stepped out onto this field and played at a high level. Uh, first name coming to mind, obviously Jaden Reed, but th the list goes on and on. And uh, it's a rare thing. Most rookies are bad. Devontae Adams was horrendous when he got to Green Bay. I remember hearing people saying we wanted him gone. What did we have after a year or two of development with Devontae Adams? I think the, the track record and the history speaks for itself. So, right. you know, calm down, guys. You know, the future is bright. There is no ceiling. We're going to have another draft class under our belt. I fully believe Goody's going to hit another home run, and if he doesn't, it'll be a triple. We're gonna we're we're gonna do a good job in the draft, and we're gonna continue to to develop and grow, and um, yeah, hopefully make some moves, uh, free agent signings, whatever we have to do. You, you never know; you might see a trade. Who knows? Uh, yeah. But there's a lot to to be excited for in the future for this team. Definitely. Um, Bill in the chat says, "How do you bring in competition for a DC?" I don't know the rules completely, Bill, but what I would suggest is you start interviewing, right? Your season's over now. Bring in people to interview for the D.C. job. Now, there may be a rule in place that there has to be a vacancy before you can interview for it. I don't know if that rule's in place or not. If that's the case, then something has to be done with Barry if you're even going to interview. But, again, I'd like to know if that's actually a rule or not because you don't hear about that often where someone has a D.C. and they bring someone in to interview, right? Because if you choose not to replace them, now you got a little bit of a an issue, right, with the uh, – I don't know necessarily the locker room, but – the culture in your building, right? Um, so, uh, yeah. It, it, as far as D.C., I know Chris Hewitt, I pulled this up earlier. You guys know that's my favorite pick. Chris Hewitt interviewed for someone real quick. Let me see if I can find it here. Chris Hewitt, yeah. So, defensive coordinator interview requests. The Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't think they are able to interview yet. Maybe that's what it is for the D.C. stuff. 
But the, the Jacksonville Jaguars have requested to interview Chris Harris, which was the Titans passing game coordinator slash cornerbacks coach. That has been completed, so you're good there. Um, I think they have to do the minority uh, interviews right now is what it is. Um, and then defensive coordinator interview request for the Jacksonville Jaguars was Chris Hewitt, the Ravens pass game coordinator. That would have kind of been my pick right there. Actually, that looks like that might have been – it's kind of weird how they got it set up. It was either the Patriots or the Jaguars that did that interview. It looks like it's probably below, so it would have been the Jaguars. Yeah. So, you know, maybe the best move would be to demote Joe Barry and then not name a DC if you don't decide to replace him and have nothing change other than the title. But, you know, that's something that the Patriots have kind of messed with. And you guys, if you watch uh, Gerard Mayo's opening press conference, him as the new head coach of the Patriots, first thing he said is we're doing away with that. I think titles are important. So, and and Bill did do that different from everyone else in the league. And, and I don't think you can sit here and argue that it's a good thing these past couple of years because the team did kind of implode. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And this is a this is a good comment here. John Schmidt in the chat says, I think Joe's contract is up. So technically there is a vacancy. Um, I heard uh, Aaron Negler talking earlier today that he was trying to get that information from Rob Domofsky because that hasn't been confirmed. Um, there's rumors of it and it may be true. But, John, unless you have an article or something linking it, I don't know if it's true or not, man. Um, if that's the case, yeah, fire away. Right. Um, you're still going to have a little bit of that ripple effect in the building if you start bringing in a D.C. and you could extend Barry. One thing's for sure, Joe Barry probably ain't getting offered another D.C. job anywhere else, right? I think we would all agree with that. I can't I can't imagine his stock is high enough for that. So, um, But, yeah, anything you can do to improve the team, I'm all for, for sure. So, And that includes kicker, like I said. I just don't understand the whole it, – it, the, the part that bothers me is the people that are still doing that is – Earlier in the year, what was it going in the year? It was fire Brian Gutekunst, right? That's how the that's how the season started, right? And then it turned into in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Bench Jordan Love and put in Sean Clifford, right? We remember <laughs> that. Everybody remembers that. And then it went to, um, at one point, we're trading Jair Alexander. Everybody was ready to trade Jair Alexander. Um, you know, 
over the rift and everything that happened there. It's been something all year long. It was fire Joe Barry two or three times. The defensive rebound, everybody shut up. And then the defensive struggle again, it was fire Joe Barry again. It was fire Matt LaFleur. I'm sure you guys remember that. I love that those tweets are still out there. People are, woo, fired up for this team in the future. But, boy, when things got rough, it was get rid of the head coach. Yep. Um, it was So it went to fire Joe Barry, went to fire Matt LaFleur, and now it's Anders Carlson. It's like everybody's always got to have one person. That's the guy. That's the one. That's the dude we're getting rid of today. That's the guy we're getting rid of this week. It's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing as a fan base. It really is. Um, so, yeah, tough all the way it's sad. I'm I'm staying out of this conversation on purpose because I'm in the minority. I got don't 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 ask me about our defensive coordinator situation. You're not going to like my answer. So, <laughs> Chris in the chat says because someone said I I think it was uh yeah CL said I just I just don't want the kicker that missed the most kicks in the league. Chris comes back and says Carlson was twenty um twenty let's see twenty kicks from thirty nine yards. He was twenty for twenty thirty nine yards or shorter. He was uh, in the range of 40 to 49 yards. He was four for eight and 50 to 59. He was three for four. Damn, he hit 75% of his kicks between 50 and 59 yards. He missed five field goals from 40 to 59 yards. So he was not the kicker who missed the most field goals in the NFL. Notice they say kickers or they say kicks, Chris. That's how they're trying to word it. They're talking about the extra points. That's, That's how they're trying to finagle it in to go, no, this is why. And that's where we had our differences. And it's and it's like, well, you can't compare Mason Crosby's early extra point stats to Andres Carlson when Mason, like I said, was getting the ball snapped at the two the majority of his career, right? So I just don't understand it, man. Bring in competition. Bring it in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I hope, he, uh, I hope he could turn it around for sure. Uh, they're sticking yeah, with him. They're going to stick with them, guys. I mean, that's been said too. We talk about Lafleur's comments. You're not going to waste that draft pick, right? I mean, it's just. Yeah. Well, we know that, <laughs> you yeah. know. But we've I, learned that the hard way. <laughs> now, the real question is: is yeah, is you know, he comes out and struggles next year. Now we're yeah. having a different conversation. Now, now you're starting to have an argument about the development and that that kind of thing. But if he comes out next year and improves, like like I suspect he just might. Boy, the narrative will shift, won't it? Just sure. like it did when Mason had a – you remember Mason Crosby had a down oh, year. Oh, my bro, God. Running out were, of town. Get they him were out. ready to run him and uh, and his his wife, Molly, out of Green Bay. And mm-hmm. uh, for no reason, you know, yeah. you know, he earned the ability to bounce back. You know, when you work for uh, so hard to get to a position, if you struggle, you know, you've earned the right to play your way out of that. And I'm I'm proud of this organization for not, again, listening to the fans and making the right decision and letting Mace – go out there and do it. And he had a phenomenal season or directly after um, yeah. hit multiple game winners for us in crunch time. And uh, you know, the rest is history, you know, so you can't, you can't walk away too early. You don't want to walk away too late from, from a player, right? right. That's everyone's biggest fear. You don't want someone hanging around. And like you said, you're kind of, you know, wasting a, a roster spot or whatever, but you also can't mm-hmm. get away too early, man. You got to let these guys play it out. If I remember correctly too, with the Mason Crosby situation, um, they went to him and said, hey, let's adjust the contract and make it incentive-based. That way, if you rebound, you'll make the majority of your money. And he was a good sport and did it. It's like he recognized I've been struggling. And he did that, and then, like you said, he bounced right back. But CL with the Super Chat, thanks, man. He said, agree to disagree on our rookie kicker, Clayton. I hope he has a long NFL career. Love your show. Same here, man. 
Same here. No disrespect. It's just, you know, people are going to disagree. It's totally cool. I just, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I know some people don't like, like someone, I can't remember who it says, Dennis, Dennis Shook in the chat said, doesn't like Krabby Clayton. I don't like to be Krabby Clayton, but damn boys, like somebody's got to, somebody got to step up and say something rather than us just running around in circles, embarrassing herself every time something doesn't go exactly the way it's planned. Right. Yep. Um, that's, I don't know. It's just the way I see it. But again, see, I appreciate you, buddy. Um, Twitter was it was wild over the whole kicker thing. And all I said was like, I see a lot of people saying we should get rid of honors. You know, he actually has been more accurate kicking field goals than Mason was. So then they, like I said, want to compare the extra points. And you can't you're you're comparing apples to, you know, grapes in that situation. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, um, John Schmidt says, uh, wasn't Crosby bad, uh, bad year. Also two different long snappers and a lefty holder. There was a lot of turnover. I think you're right, John. There's a lot of things that come into play, too. That's the thing, too. This is a first-year snapper, right, to the best of my knowledge. And we have oh, a first-year, yeah. second-year holder, but I think Daniel Willem was playing in another league or something, if I remember correctly. So, uh, And I thought they did a heck of a job, but still everybody's got to get used to each other, for sure. I mean, so, Whelan handled that nasty that nasty one and got it down, and uh, you know, Anders put that one through uh, in the game. This yeah. is right down here. This comment, Tim, is what uh, – is what Michael Lombardi was talking about. Deb Fish said his brother, Daniel Carlson, was cut by the Vikings because he missed kicks against the Packers as a rookie, and he went on to make all pro in 2022. Deb Fish, <laughs> spot on. I love it. And I'll kick the bloody piss out of it. It's, it's different if it's like you're even halfway through year two, be still struggling. I get it then. You know what I mean? But like, come on, he's a damn rookie. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? <laughs> anyway. So as we get into the offseason, let's kind of gear, let's shift gears to that real quick. All right. I've got a ton of information where we can kind of evaluate the team. And I've got some notes here so we don't have to go through all of the images, but we do have access to them if you guys want to see them. Excuse me. But uh, essentially what we're going to do is go through and go, okay, what improved from last year and what got worse? But we're really going to key in on what got worse. And it's not to be overly negative, but it's to identify the problems of this team compared to last year because you want to continue to build moving forward. Like, okay, let's button up what we did bad this year going into next year. That'll be how you draft. And I'm not saying specific positions, but when you do take that position in whatever situation it's in, know what you need to key in on. For example, like run blocking, we're going to talk about that, right? Run blocking was horrible this year. When you go to draft an offensive lineman, maybe just maybe this year you go, you know what? Let's don't put all the eggs in just the pass blocking basket. Let's try to find someone a little more balanced to help bring up that run blocking grade, that run blocking, you know, ability. And maybe the running game doesn't struggle like it did for the majority of the season, right? Because it was way down. Um, We also have the upcoming free agents. So, Let's start there, Tim. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so here are the free agents that are set to hit the market for the Packers. Okay, you've got Josh Simon at tackle, 27 years old. He'll be 30 here soon. Um, His uh, his 2023 average uh, annual salary, I believe is what that is, is $4.3 million. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So you're you're losing Josh. uh, You're losing Keyshawn Nixon, okay, um, unrestricted free agent. Darnell Savage, unrestricted free agent. Uh, Jonathan Ford, which is Rudy Ford, the free safety. Um, you're losing him, unrestricted free agent. A.J. Dillon, unrestricted free agent. Eric Wilson, linebacker. Well, I, you guys know how I feel about him, man. Him recovering that fumble, whew, 
What a lifesaver that was, man. Hustling his rear end off. Love to see that. Josiah DeGuara, unrestricted free agent. Tyler Davis. Uh, Jonathan Owens, safety, unrestricted free agent. Zane Anderson, safety. This is where the restricted free agents start, okay? So uh, the unrestricted, again, it was Josh Nyman, Keyshawn Nixon, Darnell Savage, Jonathan Ford, uh, which is Rudy, um, A.J. Dillon, Eric Wilson, Josiah DeGuara, Tyler Davis, and Jonathan Owens, the safety. So you've got three safeties there, right? And that's what we talked about. Um, you've got uh, basically Anthony Johnson Jr. is the only safety returning to the best of my knowledge. So you're going to have to revamp that safety room if you don't re-sign one of these guys. Now, when we go to restricted free agents, you got Zane Anderson, safety. Robert Rochelle, corner, played special teams pretty well. John Runyon, right guard. Uh, unrestricted free agent, Caleb Jones tackle. Uh, he is a, this is where we get into the exclusive rights free agent. So the Packers have exclusive rights to them, but they are technically free agents. Caleb Jones at tackle, Daniel Whelan at punter, Benny Sapp the third at safety, Patrick Taylor at running back. Bo Melton is a, uh, a uh, exclusive rights free agent for the Packers. So Bo Melton will be Oof. back. I think we would all agree. Tim, I was so happy to see that, bro. So happy to see that. One of the first guys I talked to at the airport last night, man. I was just so excited to tell him what a great season he had, man. Um, pulling for him since August at training camp and just mm -hmm. seeing the way he dealt with adversity and just uh, really contributed to this team. So absolutely, man. Bo, Bo will be back for sure. Yeah, definitely. Randy, thank you for the super chat, buddy. I just seen it. Sorry if it sat there for a second, man. I appreciate you supporting the stream. You said, we have a great team. Let's bring in some uh, somewhere guys for competition and see how it goes. Making big changes will just uh, set us back, I think is what he was trying to say. There. I know there's a couple typos in there. Yep. You don't want major change, right? I mean, we just had a good year, right, Randy? And that's what Randy, I think Randy's saying here is like, yep. bring – that's what I'm saying. It starts with the players whose contracts are up. Plan on bringing everyone else back. And there's already people saying, well, we need to get rid of Devondre Campbell. He's probably played his last snap. That may be the case, but what are the salary cap ramifications? Let me ask you this. If he is on the bench, right, if you have to cut him and eat a dead cap, then wouldn't you rather him be the third linebacker on the roster? I kind of would. Now, if you can get a third-round pick or something for him, that's a different story. But his, you, you literally bought high, now you're trying to sell low. You're trying to do the same thing we did with Aaron, right? Um, it's just bad business. So I'm, I'm with you, Randy. I'm like, hey, look, let's, let's leave this roster in place. Now let's evaluate those players that are going to be hitting free agency. And that's what we're going to do right now. But thank you for the super chat, buddy. So when you look at these, Tim, what I did was I went through and I tallied up what I refer to as the team leaders, the top performing players on the team. Okay. And I tried to highlight players that are going to be free agents that fall into this category, whether it's the 33rd team or PFF at the top of the list. Let's start with PFF. Bo Melton graded out as the second highest offensive player for the Packers. 83.4. Now, keep in mind, <clears throat> there's only 178 snaps, so it is a small right. sample size, right? But grading out the second highest at 83.4, to the best of my knowledge, only behind Jordan Love, unless PFF's data has reset today and updated. I believe it was pretty much set for the year as far as that goes because they already had the 49ers grades in and all that. So, Bo Melton at the top of the list. Tim, we, we already decided, right? We're bringing Bo back on that uh, exclusive rights-free agent, right? Absolutely. Okay, so we put a check next to him. We're good to go there, right? Um, let's go on down the line here. David Bakhtiari, I've got lined up in orange because you guys know how I feel there. He only had 55 snaps. Anybody who's got injury concerns, I've got them highlighted in orange just to kind of throw a flag up there like, hey, look, 
you're they're under contract. They'll probably be back or there's a good chance they'll be back. But keep in mind, they may be a little bit limited for a good majority of the year because of injuries. Box should be good to go week one if everything went as planned. I know we've been saying that for what feels like a decade now. But the other one is Kingsley and Igbari. He's not a free agent, but just wanted to put that into perspective that he has that bad knee injury at the end of the year that's going to carry into the regular season next year, meaning you're going to be short on edge already. I know yep. those people want to get rid of Rashawn Gary, but probably want to keep him, you know what I'm saying, just for a little bit. Might be a good idea. Just sign him to a contract extension, and people are saying, get rid I'm going, what are we <laughs> – we screamed all year long, let's get this guy a contract. We get him the contract. He didn't have, you know, 33 sacks, and it's, all right, let's let's uh, let's get rid of him. So, anyway. Um, so, Bo Melton at the top of the list. Another one that's kind of high on the list, Tim, A.J. Dillon, 75.7. He was the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth highest graded player according to PFF. All right. So, as far as the 33rd team, the top four players that graded out in total points, none of these players made the list. So, it was just strictly PFF on offense that made the list. The two players that you look at and go, man, you'd really like to have them back on offense that are set to be free agents. Bo Melton's good to go. You got, like I said, he's uh, exclusive rights, but AJ Dillon. Are we bringing back AJ Dillon, Tim, and at what price? We kind of talked about it earlier in the uh, in the season, didn't we? Yeah. Um, Let me see if I can tough. pull that up. It's uh, it's tough with AJ. He's um, you know, he's twenty five years old. He's going to be twenty six next year, right? I mean, God, I, I'd really like to see him stay in Green Bay. I really do. I, I think a lot of us would, um, for varying reasons. But if we're talking strictly uh, facts here and uh, what he's doing on the field. I think AJ had one of his better seasons this year, personally. Um, and uh, that's going to bode well for him here. Now, I'm sure there'll be some market testing going on with him. Um, but I, I do believe that being that he's a, you know, Wisconsin guy now, you know, he's a local, if you will. <laughs> um, I think he would defer to the Packers. And any, I, I don't think a couple hundred thousand or maybe even a million either way is going to you know, change anything for AJ Dillon. I think if you asked him point blank, he would tell you he wants to be a Packer next year. Um, so when it comes to the money, I think they just got to figure that out. The real question is, you know, the running back room as a whole, you know, as we look at Patrick Taylor, who we have ex exclusive rights to, um, we think of guys like Emmanuel Wilson, who will be here for a while on a rookie deal. Um, and, and then the Aaron Jones factor, you know, how many of these guys are going to be Packers next year. Um, obviously, we'd like them all, but I don't necessarily know if it's going to play out that way, right? But, right. I mean, I think you offer something remotely respectable to A.J. Dillon. I think he probably signs it, you know? So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so his market value is $3.5 million. Um, Emmanuel Wilson, to the best of my knowledge, will be under contract next year, so you're good there. So you've got Aaron Jones – and Emmanuel Wilson are your top running backs returning. And I'm I got to be real, man. I, I like what we've seen with Emmanuel Wilson. He actually graded out only 56 snaps, but he graded out as the fourth highest player on offense at a 80.0, according to PFF. So you feel good about, you know, those, those two players there. With A.J., probably don't want to break the bank. If his market value is three and a half, you let him test the market – if he comes back and says, hey, will you give me three and a half? I'll sign here. Do you do it? I don't know, man. Um, man, you I'm can't get rid of this, Clay. John Deere Green. 
on a hot summer night. He rode Billy Bob loves Charlene. That's worth three point five right there, man. Come on now. Hey, I, I can't. I can't argue with that logic, Tim. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's a tough one for me. I'd probably play pay three and a half for, for AJ. Good locker room dude, right? Um, a leader on the team. Like you said, he, he hasn't really had a bad year either. Like yeah. he was grading out, I think, in the top fifteen amongst running backs the last two years. This year, he took a little bit of a dip, but battling the thumb injury, a couple other injuries too. He's 25. It's not like he's hitting the wall. Uh, maybe a three-year extension at $3 million per or something like that, and you could have it structured to where in year three you could get out and save $2 million against the cap if he does hit a wall. Um, I'm probably signing. I'm probably, I'm probably you know, signing him back. So That's kind of what I was saying, right? Uh, like if he says, hey, can you do three and a half, and then the Packers say, can, how about three? You know, yeah. I don't I don't think half a million bucks is going to run A.J. Dillon away from us. I just – I don't. Yeah. John Schmidt in the chat said, I'd love to get A.J. at a low price. I don't know that he's going to find a huge market with all the free agent running backs and maybe wait till after the draft in case we bring in a high-value rookie. That's probably the play right there, John, unless he's going to take a huge discount, right? Yep. You know, maybe he goes to the market and it's not there and he comes back and says, hey, I'll sign for $2 million. I think he jump on that, right? Uh, you know, one and a half million below market value, I'd be all over that. Um, but as far as drafting a rookie, I'm with you. Like, I, I'm I'm watching Detroit, and everybody gave them absolute hell over Jameer Gibbs, right, in that draft pick. That was a great draft pick, yep. great draft pick. Um, he's a player that can impact the game, both in the passing game and in the running game. He's just a dynamic he, – he's one of those guys that uh, – let me just – let me put it this way. When Aaron Jones had to leave the game last night because he was gassed and we were working him like a dog, imagine Jameer Gibbs stepping right into that role. Wouldn't you be excited? I know I would have. So if you have one fall to you in the draft, let's say in the second round, pull the trigger, right? Pull the trigger. Now you got the running back of the future once Aaron Jones does kind of move on with his career. I hope they keep him. That's the thing, too. We're sitting there speaking like it's a slam dunk. Aaron Jones is going to be on the roster. I know if it were up to me and Tim, he would be. But nothing surprises me, man. Nowadays, you know. No, yeah, that's true. We've seen it all now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see here. Eric Sutherland in the chat said, I'll be that guy. We need to draft the wide receiver in the first round. <laughs> Eric, get out of here. <laughs> hey, listen. Oh, my God. I love it. There it is. Eric it, Sutherland never disappoints. I love if it. Marvin Harrison Jr. falls that far, hey, sign me up, my man. But probably ain't going to happen. You sure well, you're about right, that? Eric. <laughs> the, the the wide receiver room's looking strong and cheap, right? This would be the year Goody did it, and everybody be like, "Of course, now he does." <laughs> right? He so, trades he trades seven draft picks to move up and get Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> right? Um, Ronald Schultz in the chat says Dylan may even sign a one year deal, or po- or, or probably get him at two or three years at three million per. Yeah, I, I think you'll probably get him a little cheaper than three and a half. You know, I don't know if there's enough on tape for a team to go, "Hey, look, we'll break the bank." Of course. They did that with Jamal Williams, right? I mean, Detroit paid Jamal Williams, and then the Saints paid Jamal Williams. So it just depends on what type of player it is and what coaching staff, you know, how much value they put on them. But the thing we got going for us is A.J. married a local lady, right? And uh, he's going to take a little less money to stay here probably. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Steve in the chat said, I just hope that Clayton and Tim will go to Goody's house and ask what's his plan. We're, we're, 
We're going with who, Steve, and I'm going to change my profile pick to yours, man. You're looking a little crazy right there in that pick. I ain't going to lie. So we're going to Goody's house? We're going to go to Goody's house and ask him what's playing. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) You guys will see it on the local Green Bay news. Two two weird Caucasians handcuffed in front of Goody's uh, house. That's exactly what that would be. But uh, let's see. uh, Yeah, that's a good point, too. Dave said AJ didn't have a fumble all year, did he? I don't remember one. Do you remember one, Tim? I don't think so. No. I don't think he fumbled all year. I don't. Battled injuries you know, all year, but. That cold weather factor, that whole uh, he's a cold weather back, he gets better as we get into December, you know, November, December, January. That's a real thing, and we saw that this year. Like, I mean, week to week to week, it was just that he was a battering ram for us in that backfield. And uh, the crummier the weather got, the the more difficult the challenge got in this season, he he answered the call. So, um, you know, the, it's not just a sentimental thing, you know, with AJ, right? There's proof in the pudding, and uh, he's put in the work and put the results out there on the field. So certainly a, a difficult decision. You know, sometimes these decisions are easy, right? You know, you are easier than others. You look at a running back room, you got three, four, sometimes five, six running backs. Yeah, okay, well, we'll let them test the market and – See you later, you know, and I don't think it's that easy with, with A.J. Dillon because the work is there and uh, and we've seen it. Yeah. Uh, Red Mo in the chat said, let's go get Marvin Harrison Jr. with that Ricky Williams trade up. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Love it. Well, man, that was wild. The Sports Illustrated uh, cover, you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. With, uh, Ricky Williams in a wedding dress and Mike Dick acting like he's marrying him or whatever. God, it was just weird times back then, man. So strange. Oh, man. So strange. Um, let's see here. Look at Eric Sutherland or bundle our picks for Caleb Williams. No, yeah, way. just to keep him out of Chicago, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I, you guys know how I feel. I'm not a big Caleb Williams guy, and I may eat my words, but I haven't been a Caleb Williams fan for the last two years. I just, I don't know. He he gives me he gives me Johnny Manziel vibes. I'm not talking about on the football field. I'm talking about off the field and and yep. just oh, I don't know, man. Something just something feels a little off there. And we'll see. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, that's on the offensive side of the ball as far as those free agents, right? To me, those are the two, Tim. You got to do what you got to do to keep them, man. You do. Now, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. There's three that lit up green here for me. Actually, uh, let's see. One, two, three. If you include PFF, there was actually four. And one of them popped up twice on that list. So, let's start with the 33rd team. With their total points, okay, and their grading system, um, these are the players, the, your four highest-graded players according to total points on the 33rd team website. Rashawn Gary was first at 36 total points, okay? Keyshawn Nixon was second at 29 total points. That kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I was like, hold up, Keyshawn, really? So it shows you PFF has a much lower grade on Keyshawn, right? But the 33rd team, which is, you know, operated by former, you know, NFL coaches, players, executives, they thought highly according to the point system and how Keyshawn graded out. So what I like to do is kind of put the answer right in the middle, right? Like, okay, he didn't grade out horrible on PFF. They thought pretty highly of him at 33rd team. Maybe he is worth keeping, right? Now you throw in the kick return factor, and we all know he's all pro kick returner. I think the value's there. I really do. So I'm trying to think of what his fair market value was. Let me see if I can hop back and find it for us real quick. I'd like to know what that number was. I think we might have hit on it briefly. He's early in the year, right? What's that? North of four million, probably. 
Yeah, we've already got – well, we got the structure. When we signed him last year, we tacked on four avoidable years. Wow. So, he, yeah, he's got 2024, 2025, 2026, and 2027. There's cap hits of, in 2024, 1.4 million, and then it goes 370, 370, 370. So, nothing to really worry about there. But his calculated market value is set at 1.7 million. Now, someone wow. may value him more than that as a kick returner. But according to Spotrack and their comps too, keep this in mind, their comps are other DBs. I don't see anyone here that's kick return. I don't see any statistics that says, okay, he compares out here. You know, it's tackles per game, interceptions per game. So it's almost like they didn't even take into consideration he's a kick returner. So if you throw in the kick return aspect, you're yeah. probably going to see that value raised to a little bit closer to what they paid him last year, right? And when he signed that deal, I was trying to see if they actually had his contract details here. I believe they do. Yeah, it was one one year, $4 million with $1.8 million signing bonus, average salary of $4 million. Guaranteed at signing was the one point eight. So uh, they basically paid him $4 million last year. So I, I feel like if anything, he's raised his value. It doesn't matter – whether he thinks he's raised his value or not, what matters is what would the market pay for him. Tim, I could see a team wanting the best kick returner in the game. So probably and a serviceable slot corner. You yeah. know, let's be real here. I mean, that may be where a lot of this 33rd team data is coming from. Could like be. You, said, you know, it's he surprised. I think you would agree. He, he kind of surprised us a little bit. We didn't. Especially down the stretch. Down, yeah. Especially, yeah, this last, you know, four to six game stretch here. Um Keyshawn really stepped up his game as a, as a slot corner. And that was one of those things we had going into, you know, coming out of training camp going into the year, we, we talked almost at nauseum about slot corner, slot corner, you know, is Keyshawn the answer at slot? And then, you know, we kind of went on this ride this year and, you know, wasn't phenomenal. I'm not saying he's a shutdown slot corner by any means, but I think Keyshawn exceeded expectations there in the slot. And, uh, you know, he is, uh, you know, he's not a rookie, but he's uh, definitely not an old dog. You know, he'll be 27 next year. Um, certainly a guy you might have on your radar. I, I, I don't know about you. How do you feel, Clayton? I'd like to see him stay in Green Bay. You know, if here's the thing. I, I want to be 100% transparent about my stance here. If he wasn't a good kick returner, I'd say, no, nah, let's move on. But he's the best kick returner in the game. And like you said, serviceable. I think you said that correctly. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a couple of times down the stretch here he was tackling, bro. He was flying. I mean, that that sack on Dak. Yeah, man, huge. It's a huge play, huge play. And that is one of those plays that probably got a lot of points and boosted him up that list. And yeah, a nice one play. last night against the Niners, too. I yeah. uh, believe it was McCaffrey just wrapped up, wrapped him up. I mean, how else do you tackle Christian McCaffrey other than grabbing both of his ankles and pulling him to the ground? Um, yeah, I think we've seen that, Clayton. Yeah. And it looks like the chat is kind of kind of hitting on it here too. Let's uh, let's see what they say here. Jen Riot says in the chat, bring back Nixon. He plays with hearts. Uh, look, he, he definitely plays with heart. There's no no doubt about it. Um, and he, I love his response after the game too. Go pack, go. Yep. He was just like, you know, I don't know. They somebody asked him too. There was a video that surfaced. I guess it was in a post game presser or whatever. They asked him, what's one word that comes to mind for. Uh, uh, when you think of this team, and he says the future is what he said. Future. And it was just like he, he, oh, I thought he was going to say. <laughs> he sees himself. You could tell, kind of like, I don't know. He just seems like his heart is in it. Yeah. He, he throw in the kick return stuff, and that's why I mentioned that. I don't. I don't want to send this false thing. Like I'm thinking he's just a 
you know, a world-class nickel corner. I don't think. Right. But when you throw in the kick return aspect, yeah, I'm bringing There's no debate there. You're totally right. I mean, that's his strong suit, right? Yeah. The fact that the fact that he can play in the slot is like a bonus. It's a bonus, yeah. It really is. I mean, a lot of teams have to deal with that. You got to have a roster spot for a guy that's going to return kicks for you. And then he, yeah. you know, he return returns kicks and sits on the sideline and looks at a tablet. You know, there's uh, it's kind of a, I'm not, it's not super rare, but it's, it's a blessing as a football team. If you can have a guy that, that can literally play defense and get back there and return kicks for you effectively. And, you know, oh man, it was uh, great to see him break one off uh, last night, you know, even, even with the little strip fumble at the end, but uh, right. what a great return by Keyshawn. It just shows how dynamic he is with just the little, littlest bit of space in the ball in his hands, man. Electric. Yeah. Randy Cleaver's in the chat says Nixon is a dog. You have to bring him back. All right. So Randy's on board with it. Um, Brenton, Indiana says agreed about Nixon. Good stuff. So yeah, I think we're bringing him back. Jen Wright pointed out he improved all season long. It did feel like that. It really did. Sure it did. Felt like all year long, he was uh, he was improving. Uh, let's see. Ronald in the chat says I like Nixon's dog mentality, but for a while he was the worst slot corner in football. Quarterbacks had a 125 rating. When targeting him, it's true, Ronald. You got and you got to take that into perspective, right? You got to put it. You got to take that into account. I should say, not perspective. That, that's what um, we just talked about for yeah. a while. He was the worst slot corner in football. I don't think you could call him that anymore. So that's yeah, definitely an improvement. Yeah, uh, William in the chat says definitely bring back Nixon. Brent was asking what he made. Um, so essentially, it was a four million dollar deal that we spread out over four years, doing voidable years, Brent. So um, it, the easy number. $4 million. That's what we got him at last year. So I would be okay with that. Just but like I said, because of the kick return, it's huge. And you know what? If you go out and you draft a slot corner and he beats Nixon out for that spot, and now Nixon becomes the dime back or a backup slot, your team got better. That's what we're talking about improving, being willing to replace anyone, right? To improve the team. Yep. We can really key in on just punt return, kick return. That could be huge. So um, yeah, I think I think the upside's there for bringing them back for sure. Um, let's see what else we had here. Uh, Red Mo 46 said Nixon earned his spot, uh, his roster spot, no doubt. Not always great in coverage, but his effort is clear and showed steady improvement in coverage. But um, needs to stay for his kick return prowess. Yeah, com- completely agree. Yeah. One of the things, too, kind of been intangible, and but not really, but still very valuable. He's, he's a good communicator back there. Um, he's one of the more vocal guys in our secondary. I don't know if anyone else kind of picked up on that this year, but, you know, we've had communication breakdowns and, and issues. Um, you know, Keyshawn seems to be one of those dudes that's, you know, aware of what's going on and where he's supposed to be and where everyone else is supposed to be. And, you know, that's another thing that's valuable. Um, you know, we can talk about the the man match principles or, or one-on-one pressed up, whatever, nickel blitz, all of those things. Sure. But, you know, knowing the defense is a big thing when you're on a young team. And, um, you know, that can't be understated, the value that brings as a communicator uh, in that secondary with a bunch of young guys. Definitely. So, Keyshawn Nixon, I think we all agree we're bringing him back, right? So, good stuff there. Mike Hebring said, I bring him back as a returner and a backup slot, yeah. And, and again, when you think backup slot, you think, okay, you're not paying $4 million, But with that returner, he's the best in the league, you know. Yeah. And that's not our opinion. That's – his peers' opinion. I'm not talking about pro ball. I'm talking about all pro. They voted on it. The players are like, yep, that's the best kick returner in the game right there. So, yep. yeah. All right, cool. We're on to that. Good stuff. Uh, let's move on to the next player, Rudy Ford. I am the president of the Rudy Ford fan club, as you guys know. <laughs> according to the uh, according to the 33rd team, Rudy Ford 
uh, scored 28 total points, okay, and he was the third highest in points according to the 33rd team. Now, think about all the time he missed, too, you know? That's what I heard still, this year. Yeah, it's just wild. And then when you hop over to the PFF side of things, Rudy Ford at 69.9. Not horrible, right? Not horrible. Actually, I mean, you flirt with 70 is pretty pretty darn good. I think PFF said to this day he had the high, he had the lowest passer rating when targeted, too, amongst all DBs in the entire league, if I remember that correct. I don't think it was just safeties. It might have been safeties. Nonetheless, PFF thought pretty highly of him. The 33rd team thought pretty highly of him. Here's the problem with Rudy Ford. That's his age. Right, Tim? Uh, just took the words um, right out of my mouth. He'll be uh, 29 next year. Yeah, going to be 29 by the time we kick off next year, right? And let's go look at his fair market value. But uh, on the surface, before I pull up his fair market value, how do you feel about it, Tim? Uh, First just- of all, I feel like it's crazy that we're we're saying 29 years old is old because I would yeah, kill right. to be 29 again. But uh, in football years, certainly that's uh, – yeah, you're starting to approach that, uh, that elder statesman uh, category once you – get on the wrong side of 30, as they say in the league. Um, I love Rudy, though, man. I really do. Um, I feel like he's – it's kind of one of those things where it's tough, right? Because if you're going to if you're gonna keep that guy, you're basically saying you're going you're gonna to keep that guy. You know, right. I, don't, I don't see him doing a one-year deal, two-year deal kind of thing. Um, so do you want him as a piece to build around with uh, Ant Johnson Jr. back there? And, um, you know uh, – Really, we got to talk about, um, you know, guys that, you know, like Zane Anderson, another special teamer, right? You know, I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, you know, you talk another, about Savage, too. Yeah, another safety here. Darnell Savage, a great one, who who is, uh, you know, going to be 27 years old. Um, I think we'd all be a little surprised if Darnell Savage was a Packer next year. Um, but I wouldn't be that surprised, honestly. Um, you talk about a guy that, you know, he might take a short, shorter deal. He might take a two-year deal or three-year deal. Or you talk about these, uh, you know, void years like we talked about with Keyshawn. Um, you know, and I don't know. Do you do you want a guy like that back? Safety is a big, big question mark uh, in this uh, on this defense. So, um, you know, just to bring it back full circle, I mean, yeah, age to me is the only thing really hurting Rudy Ford and, and of course the injury battles like everyone else deals with on this team. Um, and in the NFL, everyone deals with injuries, but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Do, do, I think we get him back. Um, is there going to be a huge market for Rudy Ford? See, that's you know? the thing. There's according to Spotrack, there's no market value calculator. Right. Okay. Now keeping, keep this into, uh, in, in consideration here. So last year, you guys know I was going, why don't you sign him to a contract extension? Why are you letting him test the market? He tested the market, and there was no offers. So they got him for $1.5 million. So I'm assuming that market's the same, seeing that he was injured for a good chunk of this year, right? So you'll probably be able to get him back for $1.5 million. To play it safe, let's call it $2 million. Would you have him back for $2 million? I would. But, again, not only am I the president of the fan club, I'm also – a client is that right? No, that ain't right. So I'm also a member. <laughs> for me, Rudy, I think I think I would look to bring him back. And, and I know there's some people probably hanging out in the chat. I, I'm not able to keep up with it right now while we're going through this information. I'm sure people are going. So we're just bringing back the same safety room for the right price, yeah. And you're setting the floor, and now you go out and draft that next safety. That yep. safety is going to be or free agency. What if you were to be able to hit in free agency? You notice all these 
safeties that we're talking about and DBs we're talking about, you're getting them on pretty good deals, right? Keyshawn's kind of an outlier because he's, like I said, the best kick returner in the game. But when it comes to Rudy, um, if you this is this is how you answer the question, in my opinion. If you can get him for two million, two million next year on a one-year deal, sign me up. I'm doing it. So, do you agree with that, Tim, or no? I do because that allows you to do exactly what you just said, which is bring some draft picks in here, bridge that bring gap, them, bring them to cap or bring them to camp and let them compete and see if they can play their way um, onto the team. And then if you've got that, you're not long-term committed to a guy like Darnell Savage. And it's also fair to Darnell Savage because if the writing's on the wall and then he's not ultimately a part of the long-term plans, you know, at 28 years old, he's going to be able to go somewhere else and play football. Um, so, you know, that could be a win-win-win scenario here for uh, for everyone involved. Uh, but it's all hinging on that magic number, right, Clay? You know, two million really bucks. Is. Yeah. And, and that's the number we got on, two million. Um, Jonathan Owens, here's another one, another safety. Another tough one, yeah. So, according to the 33rd team, he graded out as the fourth total point, you know, highest in total points amongst defensive players on the entire roster at 27 points, all right? But according to PFF, he didn't make the top 10 defensive list on the Packers roster. So PFF, pretty low on Jonathan Owens, 33rd team, kind of high on him. Now keep in mind, Rudy Ford made the top 10 list on PFF defensive players for the Packers, and he was the third highest. If you had to choose between Rudy Ford and Jonathan Owens, I'm picking Rudy Ford. That, that's not to say that Goody's going to do that because it's obvious Goody really likes Jonathan Owens. And I think just like Keyshawn Nixon at times – Jonathan Owens showed some promise, right? He really did. So um, now what's his fair market value? He also, we don't have a fair market value for, okay? We got him last year for $1 million. If we can get him for $1.5 million, I'm good with it. We'll I think it's important to note that they're two different safeties too when we're talking about Rudy oh, Ford and, and yes. J.O. J.O. is your downhill, you know, go out there and hit somebody, make tackles kind of guy. Rudy Ford is a, a coverage guy. So, um, you know, that's something to consider. But, you know, when you look at the the age, they're pretty close. Um, and you, you talk about kind of almost like we mentioned with, uh, you know, Savage. Like, you know, J.O.'s coming off a one-year deal, right? That's why he's unrestricted free agent. He might be willing to just run it back, you know, and we push a contract in front of him and he'll sign for another year. You know, we don't – I'm not going to speak for the guy. I don't know. I'm sure he enjoyed his year here in Green Bay. And uh, certainly when he's not getting blocked in the back illegally, he's a hell of a tackler. Um, I, I I think he contributes. Um, but I'm with you. I think I'm leaning towards Rudy Ford if it's uh, one or the other kind of scenario. Yeah. Number one Packer fan says, no Owens. No, no, no. That damn shoulder tackling can't wrap a sandwich in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> I love it. So not even for one and a half. Let him move on. So you, if I'm understanding you correctly, number one Packer fan, you're saying, hey, look, uh, I don't want a roster spot tied up line. Am I understanding that right? Um, just to make sure. Because one and a half million is like, it's really nothing. It really isn't. You know, I don't even know what the veteran minimum is at that point. It might even be around one and a half. Uh, you know, like I said, he made 1.1 last year, and he is 28 years old too. He's not the long-term answer, that's for sure. But if you get a deal on him, and you still got room on your roster to bring in another safety, right? Um, yeah, which is the plan. It's got it. That's part of the plan, right? Yeah, we're gonna. We're probably. I, I don't. I don't want to bet, but mm-hmm. I might be willing to. I might be willing to bet we draft a safety in this draft. Yeah, it's a good point. I think they will. Um, 
for me, here's the other thing too. When you go to special teams grades, according to PFF, he uh, Jonathan Owens is not highest on the Green Bay Packers special teams in in you know PFF grade. So he's got some value there on special teams too, especially if he's not starting, right? Because um, I, I imagine they probably didn't utilize him as much on special teams with him playing such a, a big starting role with Rudy Ford being out and, and Savage being out for a good chunk of the year too. So with that being said, man, um, I would like to have him back for one and a half, but number one Packer fan, he disagrees. So uh, good stuff there, man. I think we finally got our first disagreement there. I like what Eric Sutherland said there. I've seen you marked out with him. I'd rather have Nick Collins. Is he available? I wish, I wish they grew on trees, man. What a, what an excellent player. Man, he was like, he was just so complete as a player, right? I mean, you talk yeah. about a ball hawk and a hard hitter, you know, just so well-rounded, man. One of my favorites of all time, for sure. Yeah. So, John Schmidt bringing in the facts here. Appreciate you, buddy. He's a member of the PTA Posse. He said, veteran minimum, four-plus years, 1.1 million, seven-plus years, 1.6 million. So, um, Jonathan Owens, I imagine, I don't think this would be his seventh year, but uh, going to be right around one and a half million. So, there you go. Um, good stuff, man. So, again, I've got Jonathan Owens, one and a half me. I'm, what I'm trying to do, the whole goal of this exercise, guys, is to put a value on all these players that we want to keep. Like, I think we would all agree, I, I want Josiah DeGuar to walk. I want Tyler Davis to walk. I want Zane Anderson to walk. It's just me personally. And, and, and look, if he don't get an offer, bring him in on a minimum, no guaranteed money, invite him to camp. And if they make the roster, cool, you got them for pennies on the dollar. If not, you cut them and you don't have any ca- a dead cap attached, right? That's that's kind of how that'll work. We got to get the we got to get to Darnell Savage and Yash before we wrap up. So I'll try to go quick here. Darnell Savage, people are going, I can't believe you're inter- even entertaining this, Clayton. Um, he wasn't one of the top four, obviously, uh, according to total points and the 33rd team, but PFF, PFF has him as the second highest graded Packer at 75.5. I'm going to pull it up here and double check here. Here's our top defensive players, Tim. Darnell Savage, 75.5, and he played 701 snaps. That pick six helped. Don't get me wrong. Pick six helped. But um, according to PFF, he's our best safety on the roster. He did it, Tim. This guy at the last second slid right in here and said, ha, you're going to have to re-sign me. <laughs> what do you think, dude? Are you re-signing Savage, and I'll see if I can pull up the market value. Oh, man. It's going to matter on the number, I know, right? I but, know. We've kind of went around – uh, in the circle, I, I'll tell you this. Here's one, Jo or or Darnell. If it's if it comes down to that, then I think we're feeling good about Darnell Savage, right? I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And and they don't have a market value listed for Darnell Savage. Um, obviously, last year we paid him seven point nine million with the fifth year option. Now we tacked on one, two, three, four, five voidable years for him, and they're not small either. You know what we basically what we did was we absorbed only 2.4 million in cap in 2023, 2024. He's going to be on whether he's on the roster or not before a new contract. He's going to be on the roster for 5.4 million. Okay, um, 2025 1.3 million, 2026 1.3 million, 2027 1.3 million, 2028 1.3 million. So now it becomes what's the number you put on him, right? Um, Man, it's tough. It's so tough. I almost want to go through and look at the safety positions across the league and just kind of see what are the top salaries, where would he fall in at, you know what I'm saying? Um, Because that's tough not having a a market value for him. Let me click on the safeties real quick, just safeties in general. Let's update it. 
All right. So, man, there's some high cap hits here, too. My goodness. Um, Kyle Hamilton, 4.4 million. That dude's a freaking stud. Drives me crazy. Uh, Darnell Savage, 5.4 million this year against the cap. Um, and that was 2020. That's actually for 2024. He's not even on the roster. He's going to be getting made. He's going to be getting paid 5.4 million. Kyle Hamilton's getting paid 4.4 million, being arguably the best safety in the league. <laughs> That's wild. So when you look at these market values and kind of where he's playing, um, I don't know what number you would put on him, dude. I really don't. That's tough. You just got to come up with a number. I don't want Goody's job. I would never, never want Goody's job. (laughs) This is tough, man. Because like I immediately think, okay, if you pay him five million, then essentially it's going to be ten million towards the cap if you include the voidable years. Looking at this this way, the number I would probably put on him would be somewhere around three million. Mm-hmm. say tack 3 million on him. And, and it, it's mainly because if we're bringing back Rudy Ford, we're bringing back Jonathan Owens. He's kind of indispensable, right? He being savage, even though he was that good. Now we know Goody loves him. There's no two ways about it. That dude, I mean, he paid him almost $8 million. Goody's liable to throw the bag at him. Right. And I'm feeling a little bit better about that. Seeing that he had a good year this year. He turned it around, right? Didn't start off great, but he did turn it around. So, um, and let's let's um, uh, put the other the other point on there. Good locker room guy, a guy that those locker room those guys. those guys love playing with Darnell Savage, and uh, he is a good teammate. And um, I know a lot of fans probably don't care. They're they're interested in what's going on on the on the field, but that's a big part of it, man. That's a big part of it. And um, just like we saw Jaden Reed on the sideline with Aaron Jones saying, Hey, you're the type of guy I want to, I want to run through a wall for you, man. I want to, I want to play for you. Um, You see guys like that in our secondary with uh, players like Darnell Savage um, that are good leaders out there on the field. And that, that is something that, um, you know, you're not going to put super priority on. It's not the the highest regard you're going to hold that to, but you have to consider that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we're still scratching our head about the Rasul Douglas trade, right? We felt like he was a, a leader in on that field and in that locker room. So it just goes to show what we re, we really know about all of this. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Darnell making it making it difficult on our GM for sure. Yeah, um, we and we got some comments to hit here. I want to hit these for sure. We're gonna go a little over. Is that okay with you, Tim? Hey, let's do it. All right. So Randy Cleaver says uh, Savage renegotiates his contract. He's he's not worth eight million. Um, no, there's no renegotiating that, man. That's that's baby. That's basically cash over cap. Yep. We we sign him for that fifth year option and then tack on voidable years and spread that out. That's money that's already paid. You can't get it back. Yep. Matter of fact, if you if you cut him or trade him, I think that might accelerate too to the pre, to the to the current year. I think there's something there. If if you don't complete that contract, maybe that's what it was. So we're already past that point. But uh, you know, I, I said I could see five million, then I said three. I'm gonna put four million on Savage, and I'm just trying to find numbers, guys. I'm not necessarily saying, hey, I want to bring him back. I'm just saying that would probably be the number that I would be okay with to have Savage back. But if you do have Savage back at four million then you're probably not going to bring Rudy Ford or Jonathan Owens back, right? One of those. Right. Two. So that's the decision you got to make. Let's go through the chat, see what everybody thinks here. Doug says, keep Savage. All right. Mike Hebring says, um, I'm out on Savage, just too inconsistent for the money. Um, he said, I'm out on him. Okay, got you, Mike. That's I, a valid I, I, point. That's a valid point. Absolutely. We can't, we can't uh, forget about that for sure. 
definitely. Red Mo said, if Savage was simply known as a sure tackler, he's the farthest thing from that, my friend. Uh, this would be so easy, but as as the last line of defense, I just can't trust him to always make that play by himself. See, you guys are pointing out all the facts here, and it's making it tough. Um, <laughs> if if you if you made me choose Rudy Ford and Jonathan Owens or Darnell Savage, I'm going Rudy Ford and Jonathan Owens. Yeah, but the number, the maximum number I would sign Darnell Savage back at would be four million. That's me personally. And honestly, with his physical ability, and he had a good year going into a free agent year, there's a good chance he gets he gets offered north of that seven million. Teams are there's some bad GMs out there, guys. We're really lucky to there's have some bad team. football teams out there too. Just that, would, that would love them some Darnell Savage. So yeah. let's not forget that. Jen Wright said three and a half million. I say sold, Jen. I'd be all right with it. And then she, then she came back and said, okay, maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I like what Nate says here. We might take the same approach we took with the wide receiver room, right? Nate Dizzle says draft three safeties and let the young guns cook. You, you know, you're, you're never going to find that next great safety if you don't swing, right, Nate? And this might be the year to do it. You, you got to set a floor. You got Anthony Johnson Jr. in there right now. So you got to set somewhat of a floor. If you drafted three rookies – Maybe one of them rises up to a starting caliber, but if one goes down and now you're depending on a late-round rookie playing safety, well, the wheels could fall off quick, you know? Um, I love this conversation. This is the type of stuff I really enjoy because you guys have got me thinking. We're just tossing ideas around. Nobody's being a-holes in here. It's just having a conversation about, all right, what direction should you take these position groups in? It's really, really cool stuff. Um, All right, the last one I want to hit on, and it's the last one for a reason here because I don't think there's anyone else on this roster on this uh, other than Daniel Wheel, and I'd like to see him bring him back. I definitely put that one on the list. Um, but again, the ERFAs, I'm not really including that much. They're they're probably going to bring those guys back, right? The exclusive rights free agents, Most Caleb Jones. Caleb Jones will be back. They love that dude's size. Daniel Wheel will be back. Benny I wouldn't Sapp- be surprised to see uh, Robert Rochelle back as well, right? Special yeah, teams contributor. And he's a restricted free agent, so they have to put a tender on him, if I understood correctly. So they have to put a tender on, and it's going to be a certain amount, right? Right. And then if a team matches that, then you get their draft pick of that round. Like, for instance, we did that with Yash this year, right? And I think it was like $4.3 million. It was a second-round tender. So if a team had offered him more, then we would have got their second-round pick. Essentially, it becomes they're trading a second-round pick for Yash, and nobody was going to do that. So right. what kind of tender would you put on – uh, someone like a, you know, like you just said, who was it? You said Rochelle. Robert right? Rochelle, yeah. Now here's the thing about Robert Rochelle. According to PFF, one, two, three, four, five, six. He's the seventh highest graded special teams player, according to PFF. So, a lot of value there on special teams. Um, yeah. So yeah, you got possible depth at corner. You know, we haven't seen much of him as a corner. Um, mm-hmm. Be interested to see another year of camp and preseason. See what he looks like at corner as well. Yeah. Eric Sutherland trying to piss me off in here. He said, give Savage a Rodgers three-year deal and trade him next year. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Eric Sutherland in here always stirring the pot. Stirring oh, the my gosh. It is. Oh, my, my, my man, Mike Kevin, get me fired up now. Wow, watching Bucky Irvin, Oregon's running back. I've been all over him, too. Mike, very elusive, breaking tackles all over the tape. He's so bouncy, dude. I'm telling you, you if AJ doesn't come back, or if you just if you decide to run with four running backs and have Emmanuel Wilson pop on and off the practice squad all year, right? Um, you can go out and get a dynamic player like that and let them run away with that number two running back spot. Now you're set for the future, right? You're set for the future as far as when Aaron Jones does step away. Um, good stuff there. So, all right. So we we hit on those. The last one I want to hit on was Yash. Okay. So we shot Yash Nyman. Last year he was a restricted free agent. Obviously, we put this, I think it was the 
second round tender is what we slapped on him. This year he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Um, so he's going to get to test the market. Let's see what his market value is. Again, last year, $4.3 million. When it comes to Yash, he didn't grade out in the top 10 on PFF team leaders. He's nowhere on the top list there with the 33rd team. Um, actually, let me pull this up. I think I've actually got this graphic. Let me pull this up. This would be a good test here. I think I've got the 33rd team um, offensive points per game. Boom. So let's see if we find him here. It's sorted by total points per game, so the amount of points they average per game with their grading scale. Yash didn't play that much, but that's what the points per game, that's where it comes in value. So he's way down there on the list at point two. So he's somewhere around – yeah, I'm not paying him over $4 million again. I'm not going to do it, Tim. Yeah. Not going to do it. Um, let's see what his market value is. But how do you feel about Yash on the surface here as I looked that up? Like I said, I'm kind of mixed – mixed bag you know um i don't think i'm i think i'm with you man i don't think we're gonna i, I don't think i would do it not yeah. not at that i really don't i'm not going to so quit asking and they don't have they don't have a market value on him um obviously no one else seen him valuable enough to trade a second round pick for it doesn't mean they wouldn't pay the 4.3 million uh, and the Packers, typically they got a beat on the value of a player across the, the the NFL landscape, and that's why they would go through the trouble of putting a tender on them, right? Yeah. And paying that much money. And Yash is another guy approaching that that age issue, right? He'll be 29 next year. Now, what makes this tough for me? Yeah, you're right. He, he's uh, he's going to be 28 this year, I think. I oh, think okay. he was 20, 27 in 2023, and he's 28. What What is the tense? I don't, I don't have it pulled up there. Um, let me pull that graphic back up for us real quick just to see because it usually shows you in tenths, doesn't it? Uh, Yash, 27.9. Yeah, so he'll be he'll be turning 28. Okay. Yeah, he'll be turning 28. Here's the thing that makes it tough, Tim. Special teams grades. He had the fifth highest special team grade for the Packers this year at 79.4. So, And I don't want to hear anyone saying, oh, that's not that important. We saw <laughs> what the special teams looked like. We know what that – it's cost yeah. us – uh, trips to title games it's cost us brutally um we cannot afford to you know we have to place value on special teamers gotcha, uh, yeah. you're trying to get more out of them in their position groups um whether that's offensively or defensively so obviously you'd like to see Ash play better at uh right tackle um but uh yeah the special teams can't be denied you know that's a huge contribution um on this team and you know we have improved we haven't been like lights out as a special teams unit but we're exactly where I I wanted us to be a few years ago, which is I had a, you know repeatedly said if we could just not be in the bottom of the barrel as a special teams unit and we're not hurting ourselves with special teams, we're doing ourselves a good service. And you know it's players like Yash. Uh, we talked about Keyshawn. You know guys and their contributions. Man, we we have to hold that in high regard when we're making these decisions. It's not just as simple as you know how does he play at his position. You know. Right. Yeah. Um, we're going to get to your comment. That's why I pulled it up here, Chad. Let's finish with Yash here. Um, I'm going to say two million, Tim. Two million on Yash. Um, he's got he's got that kind of experience, right? Um, I, four and a half million is too rich for me. Just personally, yeah. I don't I don't want to yeah. do that. But Yash not for a backup tackle. Yeah, I mean it's uh, for for me it's going to be two million. So. That's kind of the value I'm going to put on. What we're going to do is I'm going to I'm going to keep this this post-it note here, and as we get into the re-sign stage, I want to see how close we were because some of these guys are going to get re-signed, yep. others are going to be let go, right? 
and they're going to resign somewhere else for half of what we have on this list. And we'll be going, damn, we got that one wrong. That's the whole goal is to learn right as we go. So um, with that being said, Chad Inc. in the chat says, what's your guys' thoughts and Rasheed Walker starting at left tackle if they can bring back uh, or they if they can't bring back Bach? Absolutely. I mean, well, here's the thing, though. Chad, it's it's a position of tier one importance, right? Like you, it's a premier position. Goody will spend a, a high draft pick on a left tackle if the right one falls, right? So that might be the route you go, and that's what I'm talking about. Rashid did good this year. It felt like he played pretty decent, right? But you're always looking to upgrade, especially those positions. It's why you took LVN last year when you already had a set edge room, right? That and you use a high rotation. And, and just, you know, with everything that's happened with Bach, you don't know if he's going to be healthy, right? You don't know at any point in time. I mean, look at what happened with Zach Tom last night. It's not a knock against Tom, but stuff happens, right? And you had Josh to fill in there. And I know people kind of dog Josh because he got beat a couple times when he came in after going back and watching the tape. But if Josh wasn't healthy, who, who was it going to be? Caleb? It's going to be Caleb, bro, right? Caleb Jones. Right. And I don't know if Caleb was even active. He wasn't even active. So yeah. you didn't really have that option. You're talking about what are you gonna bump Sean Ryan out there or something? Like, I mean get Royce out there on the edge. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> so let's I think we could say a lot about uh Yash, like uh we said about Keyshawn, right? Like serviceable, serviceable there at, at right tackle, not a full on liability. Sure, he's getting dog walk once in a while. Um, he was going up against Nick Bosa. So, <laughs> like, you know, I, I get it. But I think we could have done a lot worse there. And, you know, honestly, with Rasheed Walker, I feel that way on, on the left side. I think he's done a great job this year. Yep. Um, he certainly showed potential and growth. Um, you know, that's something we talked about. We wanted to see out of our quarterback and out of a lot of guys on this offense. Well, you know, Bach went down after week one. And, you know, we'll always have Chicago, David. Thank you. We'll always <laughs> have that. Appreciate that, brother, if you're uh, out there listening. that's uh, That was great. We love the the toodles wave on the sideline to the bears fans that was we'll always have that can't take that away from us but we got a big smattering of uh rasheed walker following that and um i think a lot of guys in that position uh may not have had had the kind of success that rasheed did and i think if you're looking at rasheed walker and don't think that he's someone that uh has a future in green bay i think you're watching football wrong you know i think we got to give him um every opportunity to uh you know, win that job. And, you know, Hey, if, if Bach wants to come back, you know, Hey, it is what it is. I personally would like to see him retire a Packer. I think if Bakhtiari wants to play football next year, I would almost bet the house that uh, it would be his last year in the NFL. And if that's going to be the case, then why not have it be in green Bay? Um, And, you know, who knows, maybe that's a, a scenario where, yeah, you put Bach out and he's your starter and, you know, you rotate Rashid in on a couple of these snaps. We've seen, you know, blocking by committee and line by committee all year. Um, I'm sure Bach wouldn't have a problem with that if he needs veteran rest or re-aggravates the knee. Hey, we've got a guy that we're building behind. You know, it's it's like Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, right? You had Jay Love behind Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you could have, uh, you know, what would that do for his career in the long run, right? You know, you look at a guy like Rashid Walker, he's 24 years old. You know, he's playing uh, – next to, um, you know, an all-pro left tackle, one of the best in the business, I think it's a good thing. You know, I think we can do both. But um, I, I feel good either way, honestly. If Rashid's going to have to be the guy because there is no Bakhtiari, I think that's where we start. And, um, you know, I, again, I'll defer to uh, Jake Shavink and the, the draft analysts out there to let me know uh, what's available in this draft as far as left tackles are concerned. But 
I like Rasheed Walker. I really do. Yeah. So my take on Rasheed Walker, let's look at the 33rd team. All right. According to the 33rd team, he is what the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh highest graded player as far as points per game. Okay. So they had him grading out with a good year. I mean, they really did. So they like him, right, at left tackle. They feel pretty confident about him. Now let's hop over to the PFF uh, look at the offensive grades. Rasheed Walker, where did he finish? 66.3. So finished a little bit lower there. So, you know, if you if you had to average him out, you'd probably say he's borderline top 10 players on the offense. Um, the way I would answer that, you've got to find the left tackle of the future. Um, and if you if the stars don't align for you to draft the left tackle, right, and uh, and replace Bach if Bach doesn't restructure the deal and come back, which I think there's a chance that happens. I really do. Um, you know, Bach said it. Goody's hinted at it. So I think there's a good chance he'll be back. But when it comes to uh, when it comes to Rasheed Walker, though, um, I feel good about him playing left tackle. If you had to do it, it's just it's a premier position. You've always got to be looking to upgrade, right? And you got to have that next great swing tackle too. So, what if you? What if I don't even know what pick we have, and we'll talk about it here moving forward. I know we got to wrap this thing up. We're at hour and twenty minutes. This is awesome, though. This is we're gonna have no problem talking in the offseason. Driving up for that postseason content, that offseason content, right? So, if you do have a great left tackle fall to you in draft, and then guess what, Rasheed Walker, you've got now a starting caliber tackle that's gonna be your swing tackle for the next three years. That's freaking awesome. Right. And if it the stars don't align and it's not best player available at the time and they're, you know, you can't really justify taking that that top end tackle at that spot, then you feel good about Rashid playing left tackle, you know. And if David Bakhtiari's knee is healthy for one more year and he you you feel like you can get, you know, 12, 13 games out of him for the year, and he says, Hey, look, I'll I'll drop my contract down to, to 32 million and free up eight million off the cap then you've already got the luxury of having David Bakhtiari at left tackle, Yash, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Zach Tom at right tackle, and Rasheed Walker's your swing tackle. And that will really allow you to uh, to probably let Yash walk and not worry about the two milli we kind of slapped on him, right? Yeah. So, And at the end of the day, we look at our offensive line. I mean, at least from my perspective, I'm more concerned about right guard. Um, you know, I feel pretty good about what's going on the left and right side uh, at our tackles. Um you know, mm-hmm. right guard's something we're going to have to to address, and uh, and obviously center too down the road. Yeah, and Chris Ian in the chat uh, says uh, we need O line depth. I would be hesitant to let Yash go. I think that's a very very good point, and like we pointed out too, Chris, right. another thing that drives his value up is uh, special teams grade seventy nine point four. He was our fifth or fourth highest special teams player. Mm-hmm. So. You know, there's a lot of value there for sure. I can completely get on board with that. You know, if he, if you wanted to pay him four million, I wouldn't be sitting there going, "What are you doing?" I'm just sitting there going, based off of the fact that Bach may be back, and you're probably looking to draft the left tackle of the future. And Rasheed Walker played pretty well. You could save on three to four million by not bringing Yash back, but someone does have to fill in that spot there as far as the special teams grade, you know, and in that role. So, good conversation, Tim. This was fun, bro. I appreciate yeah. you. Uh, jumping on with me for sure i love it thanks for having me man i love being a part of it yeah but we're gonna end it with this a number one packer fan said yash needs to go myers needs to go walker can hang with the cool kids for a bit lol the whole myers thing man and the reason we're not even talking about it he's under contract he's gonna be back myers will be back the question is do we draft another center and start him over myers and use myers a backup bro now 
when you look at that, I will say this, 33rd team has Josh Myers as the fourth highest graded player with 30 total points. That's on the entire season. Now, keep in mind, he played the entire year. That's what's so fascinating about Rudy Ford's 28 points because he missed so much time and he's still third on the – I mean, that shows you what kind of baller he is when he's on the field. And another guy that we could say with a straight face improved over the course of the year. Um, You know, I know he's not elite, but Josh Myers, you know, when the game ended yesterday, was not playing the same football he was playing in the first part of the season. I'm not a Josh Myers fan, but that's a very fair point. Yeah, so that's a fact. And I understand that, you know, everyone else's sentiment is – I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off, then quit. (laughs) I'm just looking to upgrade, man. I want to upgrade, bro. Like, if if you can get a better center, it's it's tier two importance, right? It's that important. Um, The fact that it's just no competition, ah, I will trot him out there. Like you got to have yeah. somebody to push him, and you got to try to improve that position. I don't like that approach of not improving. But uh, PFF did not was not kind to him at all. Thirty third team was kind to him. So if you took that into consideration, I think the thirty third team had him as the ninth best center in total points. Now keep in mind he played most of the year. If, if we did the points per game, man, this show is going on forever. I've got to look at this though. Um, if we were to look at the total points per game, where did Josh Myers end? Yeah, see they had him one, two, three, fourth in points per game. So at 1.8 points per game. They thought high of him. I think they had him the ninth best center in the game, and PFF had him way down there around 30 or something. So if you took both of those into consideration, to me it's too important a position to just settle on Josh Myers being, hey, this is the center of the future. Now maybe he'll come out next year and pass Creed Humphrey up finally and and be the player we thought he was, that we took a a pick before Creed Humphrey. But um, we'll see. With that being said, though, guys, we're going to get out of here. We went right, way long. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us. Give a special shout-out to CL. Thank you for the super chat. Randy Cleavers, thank you for the super chat. Chris N., been a member of the PTA Posse for three months now. Congratulations on that, buddy. Um, we are trying to get a hold of dun, 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 Nebraska Rev. Nebraska Rev, you won the autographed Romeo uh, Dobbs rookie card. So shoot I'll take it if we don't hear from them. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Shoot me an email as soon as you hear this, okay? If we don't hear from Nebraska Rev, and Jeremy Burtz hears this. Shoot me an email. You're the second place winner. And then if you if we don't hear from Jeremy Burtz, it's Claude Holmes. Uh, send me an email, okay? So all you all three of you guys send me an email. And if the the guys above you, whoever sends the email, the guy or the guys above you does not come forward and claim that prize, then you will get the autograph Romeo Dobbs rookie card. So there you go. Appreciate everybody. You guys were awesome. This was fun. Sorry we went long. Hopefully that you guys don't mind it. We're going to do this a lot in the offseason and just continue to dive into this stuff. We'll continue this conversation tomorrow morning for Good Morning Lambeau, and um, we'll dive into a little bit more offseason stuff and kind of maybe talk about some of the coaching shakeups, things like that, and maybe we can get some news here coming soon. What they're going to be doing is exit interviews. They're probably already doing, to be honest with you, in the next 24 to 48 hours. And as they do exit interviews, if there's going to be a coaching change, and specifically at the defensive coordinator position, um, then it'll probably happen in the next 48 hours, I would imagine, so they can try to find that replacement. If we don't hear anything in the next 48 hours, brace yourself. Uh, Probably getting Joe Barry back. And i got to be real, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. Amen. All right. With that being said, we're out of here, guys. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change that we want to see in the world. And go, Pat, go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. We ask our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. 
get an isolation with the with the linebacker. You tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, we're trying to get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. 